listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma. I'm your host, Trish Close, and I'm coming at you from my kitchen. On today's episode, it is cocktail time with Sam Block. She's an associate editor at America's Test Kitchen, and OMG, did we have F-U-N. I want to apologize in advance. I feel like we laughed and giggled the entire time. She is a hoot and a half. She talks about growing up with a whole bunch of boys, how really she got into the cooking thing, how she landed the job at America's Test Kitchen. I also asked her about TikTok and why she started doing videos for TikTok. She has 40,000 followers. Uh, So she talks about how all of that started, some of her favorite things to do on social media, the cookbooks that she was involved in, making fun of yourself, and being single. Here's Sam Block. You said yes. Hello. <laughs> I said yes to the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it when I get a yes back, especially from someone that I think is super cool. I discovered you on Instagram, oh. although you are quite popular on TikTok. Meh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Me, 40,000 followers. <laughs> Meh. Um, Sam, you're associate <laughs> editor at America's Test Kitchen. One of my favorite things on the planet is America's Test Kitchen, and I feel like I'm so late to the game. I really discovered ATK just like a couple of years ago. Don't be mad. I'm not really that mad. Okay. Um, it's understandable because we are sort of uh, not at the front of the line, um, but I'm glad that you found us because uh, we're the real deal. It's an exciting program to work for, for sure. You guys are really the real deal. I interviewed Julia Call Davidson a, a while back, uh, I want to say earlier this year, and had such an amazing conversation because she really enlightened me to what ATK is all about, and I just was blown away. Um, I do want to talk about that a little bit and sort of how you got there, and because uh, you've moved up, right? You were a test cook, and now you're associate uh, editor. And now I'm actually, as of about a month ago, uh, I'm called the digital test cook. Um, Look at you. But we can get we can get to that <laughs> when we go through the the timeline. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I did ask you because if if any if you guys follow her on Instagram or TikTok, you make a lot of beverages. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. One of my Guilty. favorite things. So I asked you, hey, let's make a beverage, um, and we're gonna chat about it. So, what's your beverage? I love this. Um, being, being that this is my first podcast, I expect every future interview to involve a cocktail. <laughs> um, I made a Cosmo. I kept it classic, mm. but uh, I like to use pomegranate juice instead of uh, cranberry. Yum. I don't know why. I feel like the antioxidants makes me feel like it's healthy. But uh, what do you got over there? Cheers. This is what I call, I stole this drink from one of my favorite bars. Uh, shout out to Skylar and Ben at Pomodori's. Um, this is on their menu. It's called the Bitter Romance. And Ooh. in my kitchen, it's called the Veronica Corningstone because I named it after because <laughs> <laughs> my former life, I was a TV news anchor. And this is a ballsy, mm-hmm. kind of a badass drink. And that's Veronica Corningstone. It looks it. Yeah. So this is uh, whiskey, China China, okay. and Chinar. I, you lost me at the last two things, but right. I need to know more so that I can make one. So this is why I made this drink because I absolutely love it. And a lot of people haven't really heard of the two liqueurs that are in it. So China China mm-hmm. is an Amaro. Uh, Chinar is in the same okay. Amaro family, but China China is, uh, 
it's a liqueur from made from sweet and bitter orange peels that have been macerated mm. in a what is it a sugar beet based neutral alcohol i know it, it, it's super bitter orangey kind of flavors uh, hence the orange peel that's in it and then shinar is yeah. an italian bitter aperitif also um, amaro variety 13 herbs and plants predominantly artichoke what crazy right that's amazing yeah i love that it's a chinar is a like a stomach soother, kind of a digestive. Okay. So it's health <laughs> food. So we have health drinks. Antioxidants and artichokes. So we're good to go. You got Cheers. your veggies in for the day. We can move on. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, oh, um, also you- lemon, half a lemon. You shake it. <laughs> So more, more so fruits. Very, very bitter. Very bitter. Not, not too sweet, huh? Not too sweet, bitter, but just the right level. Uh, it's balance, right? When you're making a good cocktail, it's all about yeah. balance. Um, but yeah. my friends, Skylar and Ben, I loved it so much. And I said, would you, can you tell me what's in it? They're like, I'll tell you what's in it. I'll tell you the measurements. Make it at home. So <laughs> I love like, Get guys. out. Yeah. Do it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Go do it yourself. We don't want you here. <laughs> Um, no, but this is the best part about, uh, kind of a podcast on my own in my own house. I can have alcoholic beverages, old job, Mm -hmm. drinking on the job, really frowned upon, strangely. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. You know, what's weird. Uh, when I, when I, my very, um, I started at ATK, uh, in December of 2018. And, um, the first book I ever worked on was Bowls, but simultaneously, uh, we were working on our how-to cocktail book. So I walk into the test kitchen and everyone has these little cups of liquor and drinks and cocktails and just straight up booze. Um, they did have to sign a waiver to say that they would spit it out, but uh, it was uh, it was eye-opening to say the least. I we, think they had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, I have a few <laughs> friends who are wine judges, uh, sommeliers and masters of wine, and I have asked that, like, because you do absorb alcohol even if you do spit it out so i'm sure that was a that was mm-hmm. a good old time at work there's a lot of sleepiness there's a lot of sleepy time around uh, 1 p.m <laughs> I bet. time for a nap yeah um all right yeah. sam block uh let's get started where are you from originally um i'm from Voorhees, new jersey uh it's about 20 minutes out of philly um i sort of i i mean i've left there many a time but i'm sort of back in that area now so okay yeah um, and then, uh, growing up there in, this is New Jersey. So what mm-hmm. was it like growing up in New Jersey? Uh, I had a wonderful childhood. I can't, I can't deny that. I grew up, um, I had two older brothers and I grew up in a house that was cemented next to my aunt and uncle who had three sons. So as you can imagine, being the youngest and the only girl, I was quite the tomboy um, up until probably <laughs> like 18, I probably realized that, that uh, it's not all about, uh, you know, spitting and football and all those kinds of things. So <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I also think I grew up with an older brother. Um, it toughens you up a little bit because you get beat up on. I got beat oh, up on. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I actually remember one time, um, it was like the middle of the summer and I was playing street hockey as you do. And, uh, we were playing shirts versus skins and it was July and I was like seven years old, you know? And so I was like, I'll be on skins. And my mom just, 
<laughs> she ran out the door. Samantha, you put your shirt back on. Uh, so lesson learned early on. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of uh, probably I was about five. We were at a friend's house. They had a pool. My brother takes his shirt off, jumps in because they're like, yeah, you can go swimming. I did the same thing. Yeah. Shirt off, jumped in. <laughs> And Sam, nothing has changed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, after these cocktails, who knows what's to happen after this. Yikes. So, I'm excited. Uh, well, mm-hmm. that's fun. Again, I feel like when you grow up with uh, a bunch of boys, it uh, especially being the only girl, because I had boy cousins too, and it just, I don't know, makes you tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was food important in your house growing up? Yes. Um, I mean... I always considered having, um, I had an adventurous palate always. Uh, I do remember like, uh, breaking up with the kids menu really early on in my childhood, um, ordering like, not that it's an exquisite dish, but something like steamed clams and the, the server would look at my parents and be like, eh, is she, is, can she? And they're like, yeah, just, you know, give them to her. Um, but it really wasn't until I went to culinary school that my eyes opened to the, the beauty of that entire realm, to be honest. Yeah. Why culinary school? Did you know early on that's what you wanted to do? No, no idea. Um, I, I played soccer for many, many years. Um, and unfortunately, throughout high school, I ended up getting a handful of knee surgeries from the sport. Um, so it, it's sort of, I went from, you know, who wants to play on the women's national team to this is probably not going to last too long. So, um, but it inspired me to do something more nutritional, like be a dietitian for a sports team um, or what have you. And Johnson & Wales has a well-renowned nutrition program. However, in order to get into that bachelor's program, you have to get your associates in culinary arts. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, cooking is fun. That's cool. Um, and then like a year and a half in, I just fell in love with cooking, whether it was good for you or not. <laughs> so I ended up taking a gap year to just figure it out. And I just totally redirected my, um, my life course from there. <laughs> I love that. I love when you find something that you're truly passionate about. And then it's kind of like at that point, nothing else matters, right? You're just like, Oh, mm-hmm. I got to do this. Yeah. I, I have a lot of, I mean, I think this goes to show for anybody get, getting older. Um, when you look back on, it's so true how, you know, parents, my, my mom especially did such a great job at letting me sort of figure stuff out because you think, you know, everything, you think you have everything, and you see the future and it's more often than not, not going to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it all works out. It, it's, it's, I've been very blessed with the, the chapters of my life so far. That's awesome. I had dreams of um, yeah. becoming um, a model and Broadway. Broadway was a little yeah. bit more serious. And I just remember my mom going, let's look around and see just what else there is out there. <laughs> we just mm-hmm. dip our toes and other stuff here's a big so book cool of care- i love broadway yes yeah she's like here's a big oh. book of careers just take a look just <laughs> flip through the pages just skim it yeah. yeah um well which so are, you uh, sing- are you a singer i just want to ask are you a good singer i mean good 
you know, I sang in like church choir and I was on a, like a performing, oh. I was like in a performing arts group in, in middle school. And then I pursued theater. And so, I mean, can I carry a tune? I have so much respect. I have so much respect for that. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, when I sing in the shower, I sound great. <laughs> the ambiance from the open area. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I do. I do. I love to sing. And, the, you know, everybody has like their song that they sing really well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Culinary school. Which one did you go to? I went to Johnson & Wales. That's uh, right. You said that. Yeah, that's okay. The, the OG campus in Providence. They have other places. Uh, I think it's Charlotte, Denver, Miami. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go to Rhode Island because it had the most, you know, I looked at CIA. I looked at, uh, what the heck's it called? French Culinary Institute in New York. Um, but Johnson & Wales really had more of that college feel to it. You know, they have sports teams and they have all kinds of um, events that go on that, that felt more like going back to you know, my athletic days that I, I wanted to be a part of. So that nice. was an easy choice for me. And yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you fit there perfectly. Like when you were there, were you like, yep, this is, this was a right decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I had a rough start to be honest. I, you know, it's so crazy. I, I was such a, it's, I believe it or not, I really am a homebody despite the amount of traveling that I've done in my lifetime. But, um, I had like separation anxiety in the, in the early days of college, but I quickly got over it. And especially after I turned 21, um, just realizing, you know, the, the restaurant scene, the bar scene in that city is sensational. It's super cool. So that's awesome. I grew to love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, first job out of school was where? Uh, out of school was... Uh, I worked at a couple restaurants in Providence during school, but when I graduated, I got a job um, as a pastry chef um, in at a restaurant actually here uh, in Long Beach Island called The Gables. It's like this beautiful uh, Victorian home, um, really quaint and romantic kind of a place. And I was there for about three or four years. Yeah. Is pastry chef, when you go to culinary school and you're looking for jobs in restaurants, Pastry chef, is that kind of like the entry level thing or was that, a... explain that to me. I was the only pastry chef there. Um, okay. And I actually didn't study pastry in culinary school. I, so I studied perfect pastry fit. cooking. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I was working at a restaurant. I was doing, uh, making fresh pasta at a place called Zuma um, on Federal Hill. And a new chef had taken over and he wanted to stop uh, buying frozen desserts um, and he wanted to start making them from scratch mm-hmm. and all the little punk boys looked around the line and they pointed at me and they said you do it so I was like okay I'll make some cakes and stuff so um, I'm not supposed to curse on here right I have to like really try no, not go to for it. this problem no go okay. for it this is <laughs> okay. also the beauty of having your own <laughs> podcast you can say really whatever you want and I don't have to go find the bleep tool in my editing system uh-huh. so thanks Great. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay, that's good to know. Thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so I got a little bit of my feet wet, but uh, the chef at the Gables really sort of took me under his wing and he showed me the ropes. And um, it, it's like when you go from zero to 180, I think that, that that's when I like, I don't know about you, but I find I work my best at the, in those moments. 
um, when it's like internally full panic mode, but you just, you get through it and then you sort of take a, a beat afterwards and you realize, first of all, what you just learned that day and that you survived and that the world is not coming to an end. No, I <laughs> I lived, uh, no, for sure. I lived on uh, deadlines and a sense of urgency for 19 years. And so not having those right now in my life, it actually is really strange. And I do function. I'm sure. Yeah, I work really good under pressure. I need a, mm-hmm. a deadline. I need things to, to be due at a certain point. Otherwise, I'm a total turd. So <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think, I think that self-awareness is key and I, and it sounds to me like you have that and that's, that's very respectful. Oh, I'm very, yes. I'm, I'm very self-aware of my strengths and my weaknesses, but I think that's something that happens Mm -hmm. as we get older, right? We just sort of, absolutely. yeah, we figure that out. I do think it's incredible when, um, like, like that you were saying, you know, the pastry chef thing and you were put into this situation where you weren't a hundred percent positive, maybe what you were doing, but you're like, I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to give it my all and and you're going to screw up right completely. Uh But then you're going to have like major successes too. And those feel, those are actually sweeter because of that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, you're not, you're not looking at it that way at the time. Um, but it's, I, I sometimes laugh at myself because every good thing that has happened for me to me um, for my family or what, what have you. It's like, it's just, I've just been winging it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I give a hundred percent wherever I am, but it, it just has sort of worked out. And, uh, and again, I think it's so important to take um, like a, like a breakup, you know, you learn, what went wrong the last time. So you take those things to build moving forward. Um, I don't know why I went in that direction. <laughs> no, is there something, <laughs> is there something you need to talk about? No, I wish there was. <laughs> so, hence this cocktail. Hold <laughs> <So, laughs> on, nothing. No, I think I honest that, that whole winging it though. Like I feel, um, this is really going down a philosophical path. I like it. Um, yeah, I love it. I believe in the the whole like the universe tells you things and everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. So I think mm-hmm. winging it, yeah, but also like you're in the right place at you're just in the right place in life. So totally, absolutely. Yeah. So that pastry chef job was meant to be because it set you up for mm-hmm. the next job and the next job, which is now why you're at America's Test Kitchen. I think that's what exactly. I believe. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I I was such a puppy in college that, you know, um, I was I was very sensitive and I still I still am. You know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. Um, uh, but there's something about that spine building. And um, I think that really what the Gables did a great job of setting me up for was um, being on cruise ships, which was an entirely different, like, again, I just, I, I was pretty burnt out. Um, I worked in some places in Philly as well during that time period. Um, and I just knew that I, I, 
dropped the dream of wanting to own a place of my own. I didn't want that for my future. I wanted to have a quote unquote normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is ironic, but I, I found this position to this is sort of what segued me into America's Test Kitchen. They were, they were partnered with Holland America Line and they were hiring these hosts to come on board and do culinary presentations. And I saw the, I saw the job, uh, the job offer on the interweb and I screenshotted it and I sent it to my sister-in-law and she was just like, apply for this right now. And a week later I got a call back in an interview and it was just like this whole other world just opened up just like that. It's crazy. That's amazing. I actually wrote that down. Holland America line. You worked for, it was a, it's a cruise line. And this was about mm-hmm. a year and 11 months that you were there. So just shy of two years. Mm-hmm. What did you do exactly? Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a series of shows. Uh, America's Test Kitchen would have cooking demos. So essentially, um, we had, for example, a show about salmon, a show about uh, olive oil, a show about chocolate. Um, and it was anywhere from, it was about 45 minutes long of a show. You had to do some serious in-depth training, but you just stood on stage and you cooked anywhere from two to three recipes live in front of a studio audience, <laughs> whatever you would call uh, the Holland America clientele. And the ships varied in sizes, so it could be 80 people in the theater or it could be 250 people in the theater. It, it was very sinister things. But that, to me, was the start of laughing at yourself when you fail. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. bet. I bet. Were you mm-hmm. ever, were you ever into like theater type stuff? I was obsessed. I'm upset. Okay. Super passionate about anything related to Broadway, the musicals. I always have been. Um, I tried out for the music man once when I was, uh, I think 11 <laughs> And I didn't make it and I cried. And so oh, no. the stubbornness of me said, said no more of that. Well, my, my older brother, like he was, uh, he was riffed in, uh, in West Side Story. And, um, you know, it's always sort of been a thing. I remember actually I was, I was in the fourth, third grade, maybe when he, when he did it in the eighth grade play. And when he died, I, I cried. I cry a lot. sounds like, but <laughs> always been a fan, but never really had the opportunity to, probably for good reason. <laughs> well, but I was just, the reason I asked that is because you are very theatrical, like even in your, in your, uh, TikTok videos. Um, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but I discovered you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which it's this, it's the same because you just basically push those videos over to Instagram. Um, exactly. Yeah. but that's where I discovered you. And I just, and my favorite thing about your Instagram profile, um, it says appetite, wet, humor, dry. And I was like, that's it. I need to find her. We have to talk period. I just love, I love people who are clever with words. It just, that's so nice of you. it gets my motor running. I I just, I dig that a hundred percent. Um, but no, you're really, you're, you're naturally funny, super funny. And you just have a really nice presence on social media, which I'm sure that's why you have 40,000 followers on TikTok. It's just, it's good. Like you're just good. So I was just curious if you've ever done like theater. Well, again, I think first of all, that's very sweet. I have a very hard time taking compliments from people. It makes me want to cringe. Um, but that was very nice. There's Uh, just two words you need to remember. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Um, but again, <laughs> I I think the theatrics really kicked in as I started to, um, you know, I was shit at my job on cruise ships when I first started. It was so awkward, uncomfortable. I was failing. I was panicking. I was sweating. Um, you heard that like awkward cough in the back, you know, like <laughs> when something went wrong. Um, but, you know, just after doing it, seven, yeah, my contracts were four plus months long and I was just away. I was traveling all over the, the globe. And, um, um, and then you just sort of get better. I, I can't really explain how that happens. I guess it really, you know, practice makes perfect. You know, I don't believe in perfect, but, um, and then I started to find that I was really enjoying this job. And I really found a way to engage the audience. And I, when I was trying to keep my creative mind afloat, I would, um, I would uh, look up other things to, <laughs> sorry, I would look up other fun facts, like little things to throw in there, like um, anything like different about salmon, anything different about olive oil, just to mm. keep my mind refreshed. And um, I think that that, was a whole other comfort level with myself as a human being Yeah, that started to, to, to take that step forward into like videos and such. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I think that's why I did a little bit of research on the ingredients in my drink, because I knew I had a feeling you were either going to ask, or I wanted to explain it. And sadly, an interview that I did, they asked me about those and I was, I totally butchered it. I was like, Oh, I think they're, <laughs> I think they're made of this. And I totally butchered it. So I wanted to get it right. But I, I believe, especially for foodies and those who, you know, you know, enjoy a, a good cocktail here and there love to hear the, um, maybe the story behind it or the, those mm -hmm. little facts about olive oil that, that we don't know. It just, it, it's almost like you're letting us in on a secret that yeah that you know and we're like oh that's cool i didn't know that before and then we take that and we pass it along yeah and it was so well put together yeah, shout out to christy morrison she is the the head honcho of that entire program um back in the day but each video also would have like an interstitial interstitial is that a word Inter intermittent sounds great okay. sounds really good <laughs> let's go with it okay um I'm another video that you would like send the audience to on the camera and you would now be in the test kitchen and talk with Keith or talk with Ashley or talk with Julia. It was like a really cool way mm -hmm. to make the, the audience feel like they were in the test kitchen. You know, that's, I love that. No, that's awesome. Uh, you said you found ways to engage the audience and I'm curious, like what? <laughs> did, you, did you throw shit at them? You're uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, this is probably, you know, I grew up with, I always call my dad the daddest dad of all the dads, but he, you know, our, our whole family is just such dry humor. It's how I was raised dad jokes left and right. Um, so uh, the audience, the clientele on Holland America, there it's an older, it's we Holland America used to say, you know, um, the ship goes to the destination. We aren't the destination. We're not doing wet teacher mm. contests and rock climbing and all that stuff. It, it was more like historical, uh, historical presentations about the place you're going. Um, it was just more of like, sounds a awful. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Would I go on one today? Absolutely not. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
but yeah, so you have to be careful. Uh, and this also sort of, uh, I hate to say this this way. I don't know how else to say it, but it took me out of, it, it elevated my maturity because I had to, they wouldn't laugh at me being snippy or sassy or, you know, I, if God forbid I cursed, uh, it was like a very humbling mm-hmm. two years of how can I feel like they are with me here without, you know, um, without failing. Um, and so I would also always end every show with uh, question, open questions. So people would come up and, you know, whether these people were on ships for seven days or sometimes I did a, uh, oh, what do you call that? It's not a, it's kind of called a world cruise, but it's basically the entire four months I was with the same people. Um, and so you, you grew relationships with some of these people. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's sort of, and then, you know, there's other stuff you, you, you went to dinner with them on the, I call it fancy pants night. Um, which was like the gala evenings, um, and so over time you would you would just end up being that. Per- and you have to be, and I'm sure that you, you can relate to this 140. percent You have to be on all the time. It, it's you as soon as you leave your cabin, your face is painted, mm-hmm. and you're smiling, and you're guiding, and you're so happy to be here. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. 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 I um, yeah. I MC. I MC events from, you know, here and there, especially, uh, like wine events and stuff like that, or like, like charity type events. And I love Mm -hmm. them and I don't want this to come off. Like I'm just, you know, the whole time I'm, I'm faking it, but I, but I, I absolutely love doing them, but you are, you are on, you're on and you have to watch what you say. You have to watch what Mm -hmm. you do, all of it. And I feel like when you were on stage, were you, were you channeling your dad a bit? I think so. Um, <laughs> and, and my mom, too. I mean, the two of them are like a dynamic duo. And I, I, my brothers, every, everyone in my family is, is, is pretty darn funny. Um, mm-hmm. But I, again, I think that the, the biggest take takeaway from that time period for me was just self-deprecation and that, you know, taste, tasteful self-deprecation, I guess is the best way to put it. Because you know, you don't want to be like, poor me all the time. And sure. that's, that's boring. And that's, that's not attractive. Um, but, you know, it's, it's when I set something on fire by accident, am I going to panic and make them nervous? Or am I going to say, ha ha, we didn't start the fire. And then like, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, like, silly thing can make them comfortable sure. like my job is to make the audience comfortable so yeah. um yeah yeah I think um I'm from South Carolina and I'm from a okay. large family uh very 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 funny and mostly mm-hmm. self-deprecating humor and so mm-hmm. I feel you there and I there's something that's my kind of my favorite type of humor because it really puts us all on the same level a little bit totally could not agree more yes. yeah yeah yeah. So I, I completely understand that. And I'm somewhat of the same way too. And I think you just, it, it instantly, especially the audience, it probably instantly makes them feel comfortable and at ease. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that goes to show and probably for you as well, is that you've probably seen your fair share of situations that are not that way. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I can count, I, I actually can't count how many times, like, you get that light pain in your chest for somebody because you wish that it wasn't as awkward as it looks or uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just got to hope that they get, <laughs> they get, they yeah. get through it. So. Well, I mean, honestly, yeah. I think laughing at yourself and being able to laugh at yourself is a skill. And it's hard for mm-hmm. a lot of people to do that, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's a shame, but it is a shame. I'm going to pause super quickly. I think that's, that's why. Okay. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, 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 no. You're good. I just want to make sure. Yeah, we are. We are still recording. Um, okay. Go ahead. You said you think that's why what? I, I just, um, I think that that is what drives me more to do the, the, the TikToks and the videos that I do is to try to, help people know that it's okay to be dorky and silly and funny. And like, it's, it's, you know, there's no, there's no right way to be, but as long as you're okay with yourself, then that's, that's the first step. I think. Well, I a really deep. Ugh, no, <laughs> I thought this interview was going to be fun. If I hit, if I start crying, I swear to God. <laughs> no, I think, no, you're onto something. I think in a world a world of, uh, what's the word? Um, I guess perfection or what appears to be perfection. It's, it's just so damn nice to see someone who's not perfect, but who, right. I, I, yeah, Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. It really is. And so, no, you go, you keep doing, I, I think your the videos, especially, um, that you're doing on social media are so, so fun. I showed my husband. I was like, look, this is who I'm interviewing. Look, she's funny. <laughs> Thank you. But Thank funny, you funny is the way to my heart. It always has been. Um, I don't know if that's growing totally, up. 100%. Right? Uh, I don't know if that's growing up in a funny mm-hmm. family, but people who can make me laugh, those are the people that I want around me. And I always find that, uh, like, I've, you know, I've been on dating apps for, for years to, uh, um, but people who, people who, uh, people who tend to call themselves funny mm. are usually the least, the least funny. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That's probably a very judgmental thing to say, but no, you're right. it's just how I feel. And, um, it's like, I don't know. I think that that there's, again, it's like the show offy sort of a, uh, mindset that let me decide if you're funny. Yeah. And I'll tell it's you always pleasant when they are funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah, when I'm exactly. describing myself to someone. I, I don't think I say I'm super funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is a knee flapper. Wait for this one. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, are you, are you single right now? Why? I, am. I don't get I am. it. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's a good question. Um, I, there's a handful of things. Okay. So seriously, I have just been very, um, I actually haven't had a very serious boyfriend in probably like 12 years. <laughs> okay. Um, I've just been so work forward and so like life decision mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very excited to announce that as of last Saturday, I did get a condo. So I will be able to take that next step at the ripe age of 31 <laughs> to go there. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> so uh, that sounds real. I should probably preface that by saying that I was living in Boston, but I did move home at the start of quarantine mm-hmm. with my parents. and um, You and a whole you know, lot of other people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I just, it's sort of what we were talking about earlier. I just, I feel like it's going to work out. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried, I guess is the thing I'm yeah. trying to say. I'm not, I'm not scrolling through the, these, these people 24 hours a day. Um, nor do I, I, you know, I think a dream for everybody is to meet organically, mm-hmm. whatever that even means in this day and age. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Just curious. No, but no, I think, (laughs) no, you were, you had plans. You were busy. Like you didn't have time. You didn't have time to date. It makes total sense. Yeah. And you're right. It will happen. It will happen. Honestly, I think it'll happen when you least expect it. Yeah. That's how it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, I agree. Mm -hmm. So Holland America line, this, this was with America's test kitchen. Did that get you in? Were you in at that point? (laughs) Uh, Well, more or less. Yes. I think um, it was, it was again, really good timing. I was at the end of my uh, uh, cruise ship career. I was the second person to join a ship on the 11, I believe 11 ships that are in the fleet. Um, So being the second alongside the first, we started training the new people that were joining as time went on um, so that there was a ATK host on every ship. Um, And, at that point, I was hopping around from ship to ship, and I got an email uh, from um, my, my first boss, Dan Zugrello, from the books team, and um, he said that there was an opening on the books team, like, are you interested, uh, set up an interview, and I literally had my interview on a cruise ship, and then I came home for a couple months, found a place to live in Quincy, and sorry, Quincy, I believe they say, um, and... Yeah, then I just jumped into a Monday to Friday, nine to five job that's just as passionate about food as any other job that I've had. So really, really cool. What job was that? I was a test cook. First. Okay. That was my first position. So I started working. I developed recipes for cookbooks. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have so many questions about this because I love to cook <laughs> in in my kitchen. <laughs> this is my kitchen. I love to cook. Beautiful kitchen. Thank you. Um uh, you know, I have, I have friends and especially, you know, my kiddo who's, who's now on his own. Well, every, you know, what's in that? Can you send me the recipe? And I'm like, Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And that's funny too, because it was definitely a transition, um, from professional chefing Mm -hmm. to now thinking from a completely different perspective, you are looking into, um, how, how how much equipment you're using for a recipe. Is that gonna annoy a home cook? Um, are they familiar with this ingredient? How much of this is appropriate? Um, and so I will say that the first few months for any test cook, and I'm sure this, for, this applies to all the platforms of, of test cookery across the globe, but um, when you're having tastings with your team, uh, you're sort of, you're, you have to get off that pedestal of, of like this recipe does not reflect you as a chef. You are cooking this verbatim 
Mm. And you almost hope to make a mistake so that we can figure out how to best solve that. Because uh, the majority of our clients, clientele, um, they are those who, okay, they trust us. They, you know, they're reading every line and every oven temp and every time and what and internal temperature and it, it better work or else, or else we're going to hear it. Oh, and I was we gonna have say, heard it. You'll, you'll hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, is that yeah. hard for there's, I think there's a stigma that chefs have this like ego. Some chefs have, have egos. Mm-hmm. Is that true? <laughs> uh, from my experience? Yes. Okay. Um, good and bad though. You know, some, I think it's just like anyone in any other department. I'm sure you've seen it in, in your, uh, in your field of, of business throughout your life. Like there's yes. just, there's, there's dicks and there's not dicks. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the end. Um, but I'm sure that's try not to be one yourself. No. Uh, yeah. Please don't. That's, that's my like number one Mm-mm. rule in life. Just yeah. don't be a dick. Like just, just be nice. <laughs> Really? It's that simple, you know? It's really yeah. like, yeah, just be nice. Just be a nice person. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to love everybody. You don't have to like even accept everybody. Just don't right. be a dick. Like, just be nice. I know. I know. Yeah. The amount of people that like waste energy just to insult humans for absolutely no reason. I can't wrap my mind around it. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I, I, I have so much props for, for famous people who are under that that heat all day every day mm-hmm. like god bless that that's insane yeah just be nice that's that's definitely yeah. my <laughs> be nice. my number one my number one rule for me too like just just be nice uh, yeah. i had a professor in uh college i've actually had him on this podcast he's my mentor he's an amazing man and his the the words that he lives by are positive energy begets positive energy mm. good right perfect I love that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It's it's like, it's like read the room. And also it, it's so contagious when it is positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know your audience. Know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, oh I hope you're taking notes out there. These are words to live by. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, Take a ticket and get in line. <laughs> <laughs> so right. getting back to some chefs having egos, that. Mm-hmm. Was that difficult or did you see that being difficult when, you know, you really are trying to mess up? You are trying to make a mistake when it comes to these recipes. Was that a challenge for you? Was that a challenge for others? Yeah, sure. I mean, you're you're being criticized. It's it's you're getting criticized mm-hmm. more than you're getting praised and and that that's an adjustment for for anybody who, you know, strives for perfection. <laughs> the majority of ATK and as I like to say, mm-hmm. um, are type type A people, and we have a very strict way to go about things. And so, you have to realize that it's it's just helping you. It's helping you. And um, yeah, I would say there's been a, there were a couple times early on that I was very overwhelmed with feeling like I'm just a shit cook, and um, you know. There's there's a transition period there where it's like no you're just doing your job you're just you're you're especially because one of my favorite things that we do with the company is um, a five a five a five recipe test so like if you're like starting something that we haven't done at the company before you 
do your due diligence and get some research into finding five similar uh, recipes that have already been developed, whether they're in books, whether they're in magazines, whether they're on other websites, New York Times, Bon Appetit, whatever. And the ACK way is to cook it exactly how the recipe says, and then you line them up and you call a tasting and we grab a tray and you grab one of each thing and you taste it and what do we like, what do we not like? And that sort of turns into the foundation for the starting point for your recipe. Hmm. So, you know, we liked the crunch on the exterior of this salmon. We didn't like the sauce, how, how many capers were in the sauce in type two or what have you. So, um, but you're just sitting there taking notes and sure. you're like, okay, 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 okay. Um, and then you formulate your plan as to how to move forward. It's really cool, <laughs> honestly. No, it sounds like it. it. It's very sciencey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you have to, obviously, you have to take notes. And I keep telling myself that when I make something, maybe I should write down what I put in it. But I, I was going to ask you this. Do you identify Do you identify more as a baker or a cook? <laughs> 100% a cook. Yeah. I I, and when I'm cooking for myself, I'm not, I'm right. not looking into cookbooks. I, I, I will look on websites. I, I'm, I'm weird I, for, for a lot of reasons, but I very rarely cook the same thing twice. I, I'm, I'm like, I get, mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know. I just always want to try mm-hmm. other new things. So I will go on to something like ATK or New York Times or this website called Food Gawker that just is literally just pages of food porn and just to find inspiration as to what I want to make. Oh, that looks good. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go down that route. Let's go down the Thai route. Let's go down the Mexican, you know, what, what, what have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely more of a cook over a baker. Yeah. And I've noticed that, um, I just recently bought, I think it's called one hour comfort. It's America's mm-hmm. test kitchen mm-hmm. cookbook. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I made an Asian dish recently and I followed that recipe to the T for a couple of reasons. (laughs) Asian food intimidates me because I don't, I Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to screw up, um, the ingredients and I'm not comfortable enough to just, you know, you know, go off cuff and like do whatever. Um, uh, but also because I know, I know what goes into these recipes with you guys. I know how much you test them. And so, um, and you send it out to members, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. they test them and they let you know if mm-hmm. it was like thumbs up or thumbs down. <clears throat> so it's like these recipes are tested yeah. a bazillion times. So for me, like how, how obnoxious for me to be like one clove <laughs> of garlic, I'm going to add three <laughs> America's test kitchen. How dare you? <laughs> like, that's just, well, Hey, I mean, that is so okay. You know, I, I usually double my garlic and double my vanilla extract, but, um, Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there is so much to be said about the, the effort that goes into our recipes that, you know, uh, you can trust us. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to get through it. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to get through hand. this together. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that you add, I always add extra vanilla extract. Always. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Always. Like, Don't tell my bosses. <laughs> like one <laughs> teaspoon. You can't do anything mm. with one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Get out of here. That's just, that's just like a, a, a vanilla. Um, have you ever put, I don't know how you drink. Do you drink coffee? I do. 
uh, a little vanilla extract in, in your coffee. Mm. It's very bougie. That sounds great. It's real bougie, <laughs> but it's so good. I drink. I'm all for bougie. Yes. I drink uh, coffee with just like a splash of heavy whipping cream. Okay. And so, uh, especially in the, like during the holidays, a little splash of vanilla yeah. extract. Mm. Oh my God. That's so nice. I'm, I, I've never been consistent with my coffee. Uh, like I don't have a go-to. I, you know, went through a straight up black coffee phase and I found myself getting miserable. <laughs> yep. Um, I love, I love during the holidays too. I'm a sucker for those like pumpkin spice creams. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. like to put cream and sugar sometimes or just no cream and just sugar. It's just, it's just a mood dependent thing. I'm all over the place. Okay. Up here. Let me, oh, <laughs> ditto. Uh, let, uh, let's talk about like oat milk really quickly. Have you tried oat milk? Oat milk is far and away the best dairy alternative milk out there. And really? I stand by that forever. Agre- yes. Sorry. I'm sorry if that's a, that, if that offends you. No. I, I think oat milk, it's so creamy. It's so milky in texture, if that makes sense. But I, I, it's like kind of sweet. I think it's, I think that that's okay. by far the best. And I, I actually, I worked on a, um, a plant-based book. Uh, about a year ago or no before quarantine actually and man we sat down and we had you know we were tasting every dairy alternative yogurt every dairy alternative milk um those were some rough days there there was like 30 to 40 that we'd be testing side by side by side and saying which one because we were trying to figure out you know we want to let the readers know what our our preferences um and there's some really good ones out there. Um, I'm really not a dairy-free person, but if I had to choose, I would I would definitely go oat milk. Um, big fan of Kite Hill almond yogurt. I don't know. I don't know if you are dairy. I love opposed, dairy, but um, I'm a dairy. I'm yeah. a dairy girl. <laughs> Great. Bring it. I knew we were friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> I can't. I, and I do have some friends who are vegan. I just I can't mm-hmm. imagine a world without cheese. I just can't. I hear you i i really feel like i could if i had to cut my losses with meat i could over over cheese mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no I, I agree with you there um have you heard of hemp milk did you have you tried hemp milk yes we did i i can't really remember i knew it was in the lineup but mm-hmm. nothing about it stood out to me do you like it i've actually i've i've tasted a friend's coffee with hemp milk and I couldn't really, I mean, I'm in Oregon. Like, I think there's houses built of hemp in Oregon. Seriously. I mean, there's just, hemp is super popular. It actually is. It is a, an, a, magi- a magical plant. And the things that you can do with hemp mm-hmm. are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not I've a podcast heard. about hemp. Rumors. But yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like mind blowing where I was like, oh, hemp milk. I'm going to, yeah. I think it's so cool though. I, I mean, people make jokes about everything's getting milk these days, but it's really fascinating how that world has just like so much milk borders. It borders like assault. Everything's getting milked. <laughs> um, milking everything. Please. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, I, we're not even like, this is way too much. You're way, you're way too much fun. 
I f- oh, thank you. You're fun. You're so fun. I feel like we're just pals. Gosh. We've we've been pals for years. I know. And we're just catching up. I want to come back here. Okay. Yeah. I want I want you to come back. Uh, cooking for one, a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. You played. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Is that Sorry. near and dear to your that heart? Like, yes. I I was so excited to work on that book for for multiple reasons. Hashtag single. But I was you know living alone outside of Boston and. I had a really hard time as someone who now, you now know, I'm not a huge leftovers mimicking things. I'm cool with like turning something into something different the next day. Um, but it was so interesting. And it was unlike anything that we've done at the company because all our, the majority, we have a cooking for two book. Um, but it was just so much fun to come up with time sensitive, easy like mashed potatoes for one, like who to thunk when you think about mashed potatoes, you think about it being in it. And that's okay too, to have like eat it out of a bowl on the couch with no pants on. But in this case, it was like, uh, you just like, it's so easy. And it's so cool. We did some desserts. Like um, I remember I did a cheesecake, like a cheesecake for one, just to like get that craving out there. So you take uh, you butter some graham crackers and then you combine some powdered sugar with some cream cheese and a little vanilla, a lot of vanilla, and just like some macerated strawberries. And it's like a cheesecake parfait just to like, Yum. when you got that urge and you don't want to mm-hmm. buy a whole cheesecake, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that that was a really helpful book. Um, I was very proud of that one. Uh, yeah, you should be. Cooking for one is hard, super hard, mm-hmm. especially if you don't want mm-hmm. leftovers. I know, I know. And I, I, that's why, you know, I, I never really tried that, uh, you know, the Hello Fresh thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably just do for two or more, which is also, you know, I can have it once more. I feel like I'm sounding very particularly annoying by saying I will never eat the same thing <laughs> twice because I have, I have. Um, I just will choose not to if, if I have. <laughs> no, there's, there's certain oh, yeah. leftovers that I get very, very excited about and others that I'm just mm-hmm. like, nope like uh, thanksgiving i'll eat thanksgiving for the whole week after that like okay. that to me is just a, a, such a nostalgic loving delicious food that that also reheats well that's the other thing Some thank you just doesn't reheat well right and you're talking about can you put it in the microwave a lot of foods leftovers i like to throw them on the stove or in the oven because it's just me too right i'm not a huge fan of the microwave Absolutely. but in a pinch fine yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just interviewed uh, Sarah Moulton. She helped me launch this whole podcast. <gasps> Are you serious? Mm-hmm. She's like my she's my first that I like just got chills. She is my first food memory. Um, I used to watch her show with my mom on the couch when I was like five years old. And I would see her like I always remembered her red Chuck Taylors. Like that was always the thing that I identified her with. And she was just such a sweetheart and I loved her. That's so amazing. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was actually my (laughs) second, my second time interviewing her. Um, she is, she is the reason for this podcast. Like, wow. The first time I interviewed her, she just sort of changed everything for me. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. Thanks, Sarah Moulton. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, in fact, you should go listen to it because she says, um, she said something very poignant that, she's always tried to not be intimidating as a chef. She's always tried Mm -hmm. to be and not throw out all of her chef skills, which she has. 
She has all mm-hmm. the skills, but she makes mm-hmm. it a point, especially when she's cooking on TV, to tone them down for the home cook. That's so smart. And I, and that's something um, that's something I'm learning a lot these days, especially. And, uh, you know, not showing all of your cards because you have mm-hmm. them, uh, but you just want to pace yourself. And I found that with this new position that I'm doing, um, you, you know, we're writing articles. Uh, I, I'm now doing a lot more social media content for the company, but now I'm now uh, writing articles weekly, um, which is very much more deadline forward. You know, we're working on books for six months at a time. And now it's like, okay, this is due tomorrow. This is also due the next day. So um, going back to what we were talking about before, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, I feel creative again. Um, not that I didn't before, but you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, um, but looking at a story, I would approach my boss with a story and it, I had, it was like this fake story. He's like, okay, you need to realize that this is four really good stories that you can like pay attention to specifically and then have four stories worth of information versus one giant like hoopla of things that people scrolling through and, you know, we're trying to keep it short and sweet and interesting. Um, and I think that goes to show also with your, with your cooking skills as well, just with that mindset. So. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. No, she was, <clears throat> she was an, she is an awesome interview mostly because she's just her. She's just, you know, mm-hmm. she learned, she learned from Julia Child. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, she's, she's amazing. Oh. But we were talking about, and she's a, she's like the queen of leftovers. She absolutely loves leftovers, <laughs> but we were talking about Thanksgiving. And I said, one of the main reasons that I make all the things for Thanksgiving is because the next day I turn them into a turkey shepherd's pie with Ooh. right a recipe Yum. I found for like years ago and I've kind of made it my own, but it has like mushrooms in it and then the turkey. And then I put the gravy in mine. I put the Brussels sprouts and the bacon in there too. Oh my God. And then you top it with mashed potatoes and cheese. <laughs> it's so that this year so I'm going to do it and I'm going to, I'm going to post that on on social media. You sh- absolutely should. You need to share. That sounds so good. Yeah. 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 Um, I also was going to tell you with leftovers, when I was first starting out in TV news, poor, poor journalist, on Sundays I would make a ginormous pot of spaghetti, like ground beef spaghetti, like mom, like old school spaghetti. And then mm-hmm. I would eat spaghetti for like seven days because I didn't have any money. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, that's absolutely true too. I, I would take full advantage living um, in a very expensive city um, of our take-home fridge when I was living by myself. If, if, if things didn't get eaten fully, you put the packaged goods in the take-home fridge and people come swarming and um, oh, it's hit or so- miss, but a lot of times it's hit. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, how many fridges are there? just one giant one <laughs> so you gotta be quick you have to like i will see people sitting at their desk and their eyes will just follow someone who's walking towards the fridge with multiple containers of something it's just like they're vultures but it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah no for sure um okay i'm gonna wrap up a little bit but i do want to ask okay. you about tiktok because again you have forty thousand followers on tiktok how did this start was this, did you start when like TikTok kind of came out or was this a quarantine thing? Well, yes. The short answer is yes. I was doing videos at, uh, on my Instagram story back when I was living alone. Um, 
every Sunday. I wouldn't really have a lot of friends to hang out with, to be honest. So I, um, I would just say, okay, I'm going to cook this dinner tonight. And so let me, it was like, oh, far too long. It was like a seven and a half minute story. Uh, but it was like trying to get my feet wet with like, mm-hmm. working with filters and camera angles and stuff like that. Um, and then ACK ended up starting a, um, a TikTok and I thought I would never, I can't, I'm far too old to do TikTok, get out of here. Like, no, you can, no, thank you. And then I did one once and for them and they put it together for me. I didn't even know how to format it. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but then I was like, okay, screw it. I want to try to make, uh, I wanted to try a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. That was, that's my first TikTok video. Um, and the scary thing, because, you know, you must hear, I know that you aren't on TikTok, but there's like algorithm uh-huh. BS. Uh, yeah. I don't trust it all. I think that once you have a substantial following, you're going to be successful enough. But they're like, post at 12 o'clock on Thursday for the most. I'm like, right. I, just, I don't get it. Right. It's very stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my first video, and I didn't even know what was a lot of likes, but like overnight, it got like 150,000 views on it. And I was just like, whoa, I didn't even know what to like, what to do, do next. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I was thinking like 40 views, maybe like 20. That's cool too. Um, So that was a very overwhelming start. Yeah. Um, I really, I had to like, it was a stressful first month for sure, because I was just trying to find where I, where I set like Mm -hmm. that at the, at the TikTok table. Um, and there were tons of videos that were, well, not even remotely close to that. Um, um, but, you know, I kind of found a rhythm now. I, 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 I love it. I only put pressure, not pressure really, but if I can do one a week, then that's great. Cause I really have a very busy full-time job and I, um, and it, that's still more of a hobby now. Um, so yeah, it just sort of transitioned into, and that was my other thing too. I was like, I don't really have a niche. I don't really know what to, cause you know, there's the dancers, there's the singers, there's the, uh, there's the sh- professional fancy pants chefs. There's all these kinds of people that have a thing. And I was just like, I'm going to eat peanut butter and pickles and hope that you like it. <laughs> then, you know, it's like, what else am I doing over quarantine? Oh, I'm drinking a lot of cocktails. So let's make one. And then it just sort of escalated into people yeah. thinking that I'm hammered all the time. But, um, <laughs> It is one of those things when, (laughs) when you decide you're like, yeah, okay, I'll put this on social media or whatever. Sometimes it's just like, (sighs) I don't want to, but you, if if this is what, you know, I mean, like for a lot of people, this is kind of their thing. So it's like, you have to show up. You have to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've been less proud of some videos than, than more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's okay. I'm still enjoying it. So that's, I've always sort of tried to do stuff until I hate doing it and then move on. Yes. And just tell everybody yeah. if they want to follow you on Instagram and TikTok, your, your name, your handle. Yes. Please follow me or don't. I don't care. But my name is Bam Flock. So B-A-M-S-L-O-C-K. Just the best. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Um, any favorite things to do on TikTok? Do you like to do the cocktails? I do. I like to, I like to cook and I really like Mm -hmm. to 
I, I, I try to get some cooking in there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, mostly try new cocktails. Um, so if anyone has anything you want me to make, mm. I want to make what you're drinking for sure. So send me yeah. that. You know uh, what? I am. We'll, we'll get I'm together. Send, yeah, I'm going to send you this recipe. If you make it, though, you have to call it the uh, the Veronica Corningstone. 100% yes. I love that. It's a whiskey train. And I have to wear like a, a popped collared shirt and then like yeah. do my hair all like curly and shit. Yeah, uh-huh. that's awesome. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> um, uh, yes, and then it's a whiskey drink for badass bitches. I love that. Right? Hardworking. Do you, do you watch? Did you watch Ted Lasso? Or no? No, I haven't. I've heard it's okay. Okay. hilarious. Right. I've, I've heard it's hilarious. I'm not judging. But there's a, there's a reference in that show that's boss-ass bitch. And I think that that is mm. a great name. It is. That is that is really good. <laughs> that is really, really good. No, um, yeah, you have to, if you make this, you need to dress like a 1970s anchor woman. <laughs> And then you have to take a sip at the end and go, nailed it. Because <laughs> that's what she does in the movie. Okay. All right, Sam that. Block. We're moving on to the final three. Yeah. Uh, best advice you've okay. ever been given. Oh, uh, best advice I've ever been given. That took a long time for me to um, really agree with uh, is to let go of things that are out of your control. Mm. That was hard for me for so long, but now I'm a much more peaceful, peaceful person with that. <laughs> Do you remember uh, who gave you that advice by chance? My mom. My Go mom. mom. My mom. Go mom. I was a person who like, they, she would take me to my grandmom's when I was a kid and like, I'd get there at breakfast time and I'd want to know what was for lunch and what was for dinner. As soon as I got there, like I needed, I needed a plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's always told me that, but also, uh, don't worry about something until you have something to worry about. Ooh, I love that. The, the wording of that. Mm-hmm. That's great. There's no yeah. need in worrying about it if we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, exactly. It kind of goes with that. Like live in the moment, right? Just be in the moment right now mm-hmm. 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 for sure. Uh, what's your happy place? Oh, my happy place would it's going to be cheesy, but it's definitely our Sunday dinners at my parents' house with my sister-in-law, my brothers, my now two nephews, just total family time is the best. That's not cheesy. I, I love that. I'm really far away from my family, so I, I miss oh. the Sunday suppers. Sunday suppers are the best. Yeah. 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 Um, who cooks on Sundays? Uh, my mom. Yeah. Nice. Go mom. She makes a mean, a mean meatball. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm. I, lo- I love meatballs. It's one of my top favorite foods. It's, it's so like we are, we are 0% Italian, but there's just always been something about a pasta Sunday that has uh-huh. stuck with us since day one. Sunday gravy. I'm proud of that. It's Sunday gravy. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Um, okay. In all things food and drink, what do you crave? What, <laughs> al- what always sounds good? Oh, um, Pasta, generically pasta, uh, but specifically, this is this is bizarre because no, it's probably not bizarre. But my my go to after you know twelve hour shifts on the line when I got home was angel hair pasta with butter and cheese. 
because it's just you can cook angel hair like three minutes time and it's in your bowl and it made me feel like a kid and I still enjoy that a hundred percent. I I can't say no to that and I still make it. So mm-hmm. there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. something yeah. I love. Yeah. Angel hair is the best, but there is something about a big old bowl of pasta. Yeah. So good. Carbs. Can't go wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, drink Carbs. anything in, in like, we were just like, man, this would be really good right now. I really am a bourbon gal. Uh, my, my favorite drink. Uh, is my my dad's the cocktail guy he's I, I blame him for this um but um he makes a mean old-fashioned like three types of bitters um he uses orange zest and lemon zest and it's it's just chef's kiss delicious have you made that I haven't. No, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. It's 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 up there. It's okay. Gonna get there soon. Too. I'm gonna be watching. The world needs to know the recipe. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree because yeah. those, especially those classics, those classic drinks. I feel like they're mm-hmm. kind of making a comeback, right? Like yeah. Everybody has their classic Manhattan or their classic old fashioned or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I tried uh, an espresso martini for the first time. Mm-hmm. I did not. I didn't like it at all. I I think I think. I, first of all, I know I made it wrong. <laughs> I'm certain of that. But um, I think I'm just so, it, it's like the flavor of coffee and alcohol to me. Like I never mm-hmm. liked tiramisu. I never, with that with that combination of like, mm-hmm. oh, no, so that's not for me. But there's a, that is making a comeback, I think. Uh, well, there's a very famous bar in San Francisco, San Francisco called the Buena Vista. And they are known mm. for their Irish coffees. And okay. My parents are huge fans. Every time they go, they have to go to Buena Vista and get an Irish coffee. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just, <laughs> I can't do it. Creamy cocktails too. I really not. Yeah. I think I, I have a Brandy Alexander on Christmas Eve because that's like traditional. Yeah. But like, I want to be able to see through it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I don't trust. I, I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust it. I think too, there's something about, um, there's something about a hot drink with alcohol in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know warm. I no keep it separate. Yeah. I'm cool with coffee, hot coffee and hot tea, but just stop right. mixing it with other shit. And <laughs> I do, I do want to point out the Buena Vista is fabulous. It's beautiful. You're, you're overlooking the water. Their Irish coffees, Ugh. I hear, are fantastic. I just don't like them. But the Buena Vista is yeah, an amazing right. establishment. I just feel like it I have to. It sounds amazing. I, I need to go. I've, I've only been to, um, I've only passed through San Fran. So I, I, it's on my list to explore at some point. It's a great, big, small city. <laughs> if that yeah, makes sense. that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been so much fun. And yes, I will have you back. Like let's, let's, uh, Please. yeah, this was a, this was a blast because I feel like we only yeah. really scratched the surface. Yeah. I, I'm very sorry about how quickly this room like went from day to night. This is that time of year here. Um, but I just wanted to say that you are a excellent interviewer and I can see why you're so good at your job. It's Thank you. Very, very good timing. Yeah. Thank you, Sam Block. Well, it's been a blast. Uh, everybody go yeah. follow her on TikTok or Instagram if you want to LOL on a weekly basis. (laughs) Seriously, you're a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you so much. That's that's very sweet. Thank you.
listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma with me, Trish Glose. You can watch this podcast and subscribe on my YouTube channel. Just search Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma. You can also listen and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.